I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what this means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay, so today is part four of my series on the expansion Unhinged. So what I'm doing is I'm explaining uh, about this expansion by going through every single card in the set. Um, and the reason I chose to do that is there's just lots and lots of stories. It's a set I worked very close on. And anyway, uh, there's just lots of jokes. So I decided I'm going to talk about every single card. But I'm trying to do it quickly so that I can get this done in not too many podcasts. Okay, next we're up to N, name dropping. So name dropping is an enchantment for one in a green. And what it says is all cards gain the following ability. Uh, gotcha for their name. So if your opponent ever names a card in your graveyard, you can say gotcha and get that card back. It basically grants all it grants a gotcha ability to all your cards. And the gotcha ability is them saying the name of the card. Now, the, the, the probably the highest profile gotcha cycle, which is a common cycle, are all two-word names in which if you name one of those two words, you get it back. So this is essentially is grafting kind of that flavor onto all your cards. Next, Necroimpotence. Uh, black, black, black. Uh, it's an enchantment. You skip your untap step, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you may pay X life, and if you do, you can untap X permanence. And then, for every half life you pay, you can draw a card. So, basically, this card is a parody of a very, very famous card called Necropotence. We even had the same artist, um, Mark Tadine, draw the picture. Um, one of the things I like to do in um, unsets is parodies, and I like to parody existing magic cards. So this card makes use of um, the fractions, because you're paying half a life, which you can't normally do. Um, but because you're paying half a life, we gave you a little more severe re- uh, restriction, which is instead of skipping your draw step, which Necropotence does, you skip your untap step, which is, is even more uh, problematic. Um, but you get to draw li- you get to draw cards at half the rate you draw them on Necropotence. So... Um, anyway, I, this card's not quite as good as Necropotence, I'm pretty sure. But uh, it is fun, and it definitely is a, something you can build a deck around. Next, now I know my ABCs. It's an enchantment for one blue and blue, and it says, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control permanents that contain in their titles every letter of the English alphabet, all 26 letters, you win the game. So one of the things I, I like to do in each of my sets is, uh, each of the unsets, is... Uh, uh, I did unglued, I didn't unhinge, was to have a um, alt-win. Pretty much, by the way, on any set I make, whether it's un or not, I I like having alternate win conditions, but I made a a choice in the unsets to always do it. Um, Well, both times. I I also did one in unglued to the set you guys never saw. Um, Okay, so the um, idea of this one is we we look at permanence in order to get... um, in order to get the... uh, you have to have 26, all 26 letters. Um, the, the rules of this one is, because in the uh, Silver Border world, you always look at cards as they are, uh, this means that you may use cards of other languages and that that will count. Um, I believe there's a way to do this with just three cards, is my belief. So, um, anyway. Uh, and the fun of this card is trying to figure out as a little puzzle. Um, the un- Unglued had... Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, the cheese stands alone, which would later be made into a black border card called Baron Glory. Um, uh, this one is a little more silver. The, the obviously uh, the cheese stands alone ended up. We were able to later make it into black border. This card uh, breaks a fundamental rule, which is uh, looking at names specifically. 
Um, because, the, once again, all versions of cards, no matter what the language, are considered to be the same for tournament purposes. But for silver board purposes, if the card is in English, it's different than the French version, because the French version has different letters, for example, for this card. Okay, next, number crunch. Two blue, two and a blue, for an instant, it's an unsummon, or it's a not unsummon, it's a boomerang, return target permanent to its owner's hand. And then the gotcha is, whenever your opponent says a number, you can say gotcha and get it back. Um, so, by the way, I happen to be undefeated in unglued, unhinged booster draft. Uh, and one of the reasons is, is my understanding and use of this card. This card is very powerful if you know how to use it. Um, the reason is that it is tricky to get people to say things, but numbers are just a little bit easier than normal. There's so many numbers in Magic that just getting people to talk about game state and things is something... You know, if you have number crunch in your hand, you can do very innocent things like ask someone's life total or, you know, ask them a question that's a number answer because people are so used to answering that that they, their filter, it's, it's hard to remember, oh, I'm not supposed to mention numbers now. Okay, next, Old Fogey. Costs green and a green. It's got phasing, cumulative upkeep one, echo, fading three, bands with other dinosaurs, protection from homerids, snow-covered planeswalk, flanking, and rampage two. Uh, and it's a 7-7. Seven, seven for two mana, two green mana. Um, this was another card made by Mark Gottlieb, this in Blast from the Past, and it's, it's in an old card frame. Uh, and once again, just like Blast from the Past, uh, in the background you can see the goblin in the time machine uh, there. And uh, anyway, so this, both of the cards were just uh, Gottlieb putting as many old keywords as he could. Um, Blast from the Past was a little more straightforward, where uh, Old Fogey's a little more jokey, <coughs> A lot of the things going on in Old Fogey are, are mechanics that are not particularly good. Like, Blast in the Past has basically really good spell mechanics, and Old Fogey has a lot of silly things that we put onto um, permanents in the past. Um, for example, uh, bands with others. There's just some stuff on here that, that, that's more jokey than practical. Um, the card, by the way, actually is decent, is not too bad. Um, but it is phasing. It, it, it has a bunch of abilities. Like, Blast from the Past is just all upside. It's like, I have a kill spell, uh, you know, a direct damage spell that I can get extra utility out of. Where this spell's like, okay, I'm, I'm a 2-2, two, two, I'm a 2-mana 7-7, seven, seven, but I have a bunch of things you got to deal with. Um, but anyway, it, it, it still is worth playing. It's actually still pretty good, and, and especially unlimited. Okay, Orcish Paratroopers. Two and a red for a 4-4. Four, four. Um, when it comes into play, you flip it, if it flips uh, face up so you can see the card, it stays. If it flips face down, well, it didn't survive the fall and it goes to your graveyard. Um, uh, anyway, this is another card. We, uh, one of the things that Richard had done in the original set is he made Chaos Orb, which was a, a physical card. Physical manipulation of the card mattered. And we later decided that's something we weren't going to do in Black Border Magic. Um, in fact, the, the card is banned in Vintage because of its... Um, one of the few cards that's banned, not for power level, but for... Just we don't do that uh, anymore. Um, and so... Uh, Silver Border gets to pick up the uh, the physical cards, and this is one of them. I, I enjoyed this card quite a bit. Um, this card is definitely fine. It's overpowered, so 2R for a 4-4 four, four is good, but you only get it, you only get it half the time. Um, but it is fun trying to... Uh, somehow when you flip it, it's like... There, there is some skill. I mean, it's not, it's not truly 50-50. That if you have some ability to flip cards... You can, you can get this to land face up more often than not. Um, so anyway. Uh, and also, the, the flavor text is an IOU. Uh, and, and the IOU, IOU for a parachute. I think that's funny. Okay. Next. 
uh, is our market research shows that players like really long card names, so we made this card have the longest, longest card name ever, Elemental. One green green, uh, and it's got Art Rampage 2. Whenever this becomes blocked, it gets plus two, plus two for each creature in the art beyond the first one. So, uh, this, this card has lots of jokes packed into it. So first off, this card is... Um, so I talked before about how we wanted to have the longest name... Like, un- Unglued had, the, at the time, the shortest and longest names ever in the game. So I talked before about Ow being the shortest name. Well, the longest name was a card called Burning Cinder Fury of Crimson Chaos Fire that was done sideways. It was an enchantment. And it's such a long name that we had to put it sideways to fit it. And, and it had a, the two rows on, on the line. So anyway, that's the longest name. So I figured out, let's do a longer name. So I came up with this name, and then we came up with the idea of what we ran all the way along the edge. And so um, I made it long, and I had to add some words actually to it so it would fit all the way along the edge. Um, some people have asked us if this is true. Do, does our market research say people like really long names? Uh, not exactly. I, th- that part is fictional for, to make a funny name. Uh, also, the idea I liked a lot was having this long name and then ending it with elemental. Making fun of the fact of, we have elemental, like, early on in Magic, it's like, you were elementals made of actual elements. You were fire elemental or earth elemental. And then we just kind of kept going until we got to the point of just, like, time elemental. Or just started getting sillier and sillier. Where they, I'm not even sure that's an element that you could be a part of. But, uh, so anyway, this card's making fun of that. Art Rampage is uh, caring about art. Um, it's referencing a mechanic called Rampage, which you got a bonus. So Rampage N mean you got a plus N plus N bonus for every creature blocking you beyond the first. So this card is for every creature in the art beyond the first, is the idea. So it's, it's a shtick on Rampage. Um, these two abilities really have nothing to do with each other. Uh, it, it's sort of like we had a card with a long name and that was a joke, and then we just needed something else to go on it. Um, if you'll notice, by the way, the element is made out of books that the creature is made all out of books, so it's kind of a book elemental, um, since it's added with long names. But anyway, this is definitely one of those mosh poshy cards that we get away with on Hinge, where we just cram a lot of different jokes on one card. Like, I needed an Art Rampage card, and I liked the idea of a creature made out of books, and I liked a really long name, and I liked an elemental making fun of things that we don't make elements out of, so this card was definitely a hodgepodge. But it, it actually ended up being very, very popular. Um, also, it combos with some other, but we'll talk about that, but there's the fact that it has a long name actually combos with some other stuff in the set. Next, Persecute Artist. 1BB Sorcery. Choose an artist other than Rebecca Gay. Target players reveal his or her hand and discard all non-land cards with that, that artist. Okay, so this is a bunch of jokes going on here. So for starters, this card is illustrated by Rebecca Gay. But why do I specifically pull out Rebecca Gay? The reason is there was a period of time where for some reason people were picking on Rebecca Gay um, she has a very, uh, a very particular art style. I like her art a lot. I think she's a really amazing artist. Um, and there was a time where her art, we have a lot of more hard edge art, which her, her art is a little softer. And so there was a period of time where, where there's some group of people that were saying we should never use Rebecca Gay. Um, we said, no, she's, and a lot of her fans came out defending her, saying, no, she's awesome. And we're like, look, you know, we like her. We're going to use her if we're able to. You know, she's a great artist. Um, so anyway, this card, I, I was needing to pick an artist to do an Artist Matter card, so I thought it might be funny of picking one an artist. And then I said, oh, well, let's make a joke about Rebecca Gay, because that had happened. And I said, well, we'll have Rebecca Gay do the art, and then the card you know, persecutes any artist except for the artist that did this card. Next, Frexian Librarian. So Frexian Librarian is 3B for 3-3, Flying Trample. 
At the beginning of your upkeep, you have to remove the top card of your library, and you have to balance it on your body. So this is cumulative upkeep. What it means is, first you have to balance one card, then two cards, then three cards, then four cards. And so the idea is, essentially you're not going to be able to do this and it's going to die. So 3B for 3-3 flying trampler is pretty good. Uh, and the question is, how long can you keep this alive? Now I've talked before that black is the color in Unhinged, or mostly black, green does a little, that has physical stuff, especially physical on yourself. That, that's black thing, where like, I'm willing, to take a, I'm willing to take a physical restriction to get some power out of it. Because black will get power at any cost, including doing physical things. Um, I also was really happy with this. So the idea was, from time to time, we'd like to do um, concepts that are just on the silly side. So I, I was trying to think, what would the weirdest Phyrexian be? It's a Phyrexian. Well, it wants to care about... Um, I was thinking it care about words because you're messing with cards. So I was like, what about a Phyrexian librarian? Uh, and then Kev Walker did the art, which is awesome. It's just like horrific, you know... Phyrexian creature in the background carrying books around. Um, so anyway, I was very happy with how this came out. Next is Planes. John Avon doing beautiful, beautiful Planes. I've, I've already told the story of Planes. Or, sorry, the story of, of the, the full art land. Um, uh, the, the, these lands are really, really popular. Um, I believe if I... Uh, they are the most... The five lands are the most popular cards in the set, uh, given our, our Godbook study. Not, not a big surprise that they're the, the most useful. Next, Pointy Finger of Doom. Uh, it costs four, and it says three and tap. Uh, you spin it, and then whoever uh, it has to rotate completely, I, I guess at least once, and then destroy the closest permanent to it. So it's kind of take on, it's a, um, I talked about Chaos, or, a chaos um, Orb. Kind of take on Chaos Orb. It randomly destroys a card, but you have to do something to manipulate it. Um, and then the flavor tax, it says, I would have made a sly spin the bell, uh, spin the bottle joke, uh, if I only thought uh, enough the audience had ever played it. Uh, I thought anyone reading this had ever played it. So I was making fun of uh, uh, a little bit of the, uh, the um, our player base. Uh, take, we take a, a lots and lots of jokes at Magic, so there's a few little tiny jokes at the player base. Um, so this card essentially is, I mean, the equivalent of Spin the Bottle, um, a combination between Chaos Orb and Spin the Bottle. Um, next, Punctuate. 3R... Um, Punctuate deals uh, damage to target creature equal to half the number of um, punctuation marks in that card's text box. And then its reminder text lists all the punctuation marks. Um, and in the art, there's a guy who's hurting Phage by throwing punctuation marks at her. All, it's a magical beam, but all the magic is punctuation marks. Um, and this is another example where I was just trying to do something where you're referencing something we wouldn't reference in Blackboard or Magic. The fact that it gets a reference punctuation marks, okay, that's, that, that's card by card. It's looking at a specific card. Um, it's also interesting in that I like having direct damage that, like, kind of hurts wordier things and non-wordier things. It's another mini theme here. And that one of Red's restriction, not, like, there's an artist matter theme. So there's also kind of a word theme going on. And the flavor is being wordier is kind of, is, is often will help you, but sometimes, in this case, can hurt you. Um, but anyway, there definitely is a, a series running through this of caring about sort of cartex in general. Pygmy Giant. One red and a red for a 0-2 creature. So for our tap, you can sack a creature, and then this card deals X damage to target creature, where X is the number of... Uh, oh, it is a number in the saturated creature's text box. So the idea is I sacrifice a creature, and then I get a look through their text box, and I get to get any number. So notice, by the way, it's not their power toughness box. 
because we do that in normal magic. It's their text box. So the idea is you can sack a creature, and then if there's any number reference, you can do that much damage. And then, to make sure this card was useful, uh, so there was... We, when doing the, fl- the flavor text, we came up with this character that was named Bucky, flavor text writer, that just wrote flavor text. They made comments about flavor text. So he, he, the flavor text in this card is 487, you're welcome. The idea being that this card basically can kill any creature um, because it can do 487 damage. Um, and anyway, there's a running... Uh, Bucky shows up a bunch. Like bu- bu- I just talked about Bucky on Pointy Finger of Doom. Bucky just... We, we sort of like this idea of this guy who was a flavor text writer. I'm not sure why he ended up being called Bucky. Whoever wrote, wrote the first version we like called him Bucky. Um, but anyway, he's just a character that shows up. Next question, Elemental. Uh, two blue-blue flying... Uh, and that it says uh, in, in a questiony way uh, that if you do not ask a question um, oh, oh say whenever you don't ask a question if you who own if you control it and you ever ask say something that's not a question you give control of the, of, of the question elemental to your opponent or an opponent and then now they have it and if they ever make a non-question comment then, then it, goes to, it goes to a different opponent if two player game will go back to you so this is another card making fun of uh Elementals that don't make any sense. Um, so this card originally, I did this card in Unglue 2, and it was called Jeopardy. And it showed three members of, I think it was like Karn and Tongarth and Squee playing the, the game Jeopardy. Uh, and Squee was doing really badly. Uh, I remember, by the way, so Unglue 2, um, we were going to translate it into Japanese. And so I had to give the file to our, Je- <coughs> our Japanese translator, the guy uh, at the time a guy named Ron. And Ron gave me a whole bunch of notes. And one of the notes I learned was that the game Jeopardy, the, the game show, is not in Japan. Anyway, we changed it. We, we redid it. Um, you'll notice, by the way, that the creature, the, the question elemental, is made up of question marks. Um, this is also, by the way, if you ever see me do a San Diego Comic-Con panel, this is the art I always show at the end when I do questions. It's the question elemental. R&D Secret Lair. This is a legendary land. Uh, it taps for one colorless mana. And then it says, play cards as written, ignore all errata. Um, so this is, a, this is a dangerous card that obviously we'd never do in Silver Border. This is the kind of card, by the way, that as Silver Border Rules Manager, that I get asked all sorts of crazy questions that usually answers, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, this, there's some interpretation here, because when you go back to, you get rid of errata and write as written, um, all sorts of weird things happen, because a lot of cards, especially early cards, are written that in a way that's not not really matches how we do the game now, so you have to you have to have a little bit of creative license to figure out exactly what's happening. Um, the flavor text, by the way, uh, let's see if I remember this correctly, uh, it says, uh, let them complain uh, as long as the addictive, as long as the addictive ink is working, um, we can do anything we want. Uh, and this also has a, um, and the flavor text has a little warning sticker on it. Okay, next, Rare Be Gone. Two black red. Each player sacrifices all permanents, uh, then reveal so sacrifice sacrifices all rare permanents, then reveals his or her hand and discards all rare cards. So what this does is it destroys all rare cards in play, it makes them sacrifice your, the opponent sacrifices them, and all rare cards in hand. So one of the questions I get about this card is does it affect mythic rares? My answer is yes. How do you know that? Because the word rare is in the word mythic rare. So it destroys all rares and all mythic rares. Um, also, the intent is it destroys the expensive things. Um, uh, the, the intent of the card. So yes, it destroys rares and mythic rares. 
Uh, that's, that's a very common question I get is unruled manager. Okay, next card is called Red Hot Hottie. Uh, it's an elemental, 2-5 for 2-R-R. It's a little hard to read because the, 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 the idea is that the, the elemental is so hot it's melting everything. And so everything is hard to read because it's melting. Um, so whenever Red Hot Hottie deals damage to a creature, um, you put a third degree burn counter uh, on the creature. And then what that third degree burn counter does is that at every turn... They have to scream the top of their lungs. Um, so the idea is that you burn their creatures and don't destroy them because it's a 2-5. It makes them scream every turn. Um, also, this you can uh, because it makes you scream specifically ah, you can with censorship, which is from Unglued, make a censorship name ah and play this card. It's actually a good combo. Next, remodel instant for two green. Uh, if you control two or more green permanents that share an artist... You may play remodel without paying its mana cost, and then it uh, exiles an artifact from the game. So this is the we have a race in white and the green or a race, not the or legacy one. Uh, in remodel, it's just the, it's the same version but in green. It, it's a, it, it can destroy an artifact, exiles an artifact, but it's free if you have two artists that share a permanent. Uh, green, green. It doesn't care about green cards though, and the reason it cares about green cards is so you can't play this in a deck that doesn't have green mana. Next is Richard Garfield, Ph.D. Three blue and blue for a 2-2. Uh, legendary creature, human designer. Uh, and basically, it makes you play mental magic. What that means is you can play any card in your hand as any other card that has the exact same mana cost. What that means is if a card in your hand is blue-blue, you can play as any other spell that's blue-blue. Now, the important... This is uh, in the FAQ. Richard Garfield, Ph.D. can only change it into cards that are legal in the format you are playing. So if you are playing uh, this in a format that's any card you want, then it can be any magic card. But if you're playing this in a more restrictive format, then he only can play cards that are legal. He doesn't allow you to play cards that are legal in the format you are playing. Uh, This card is, by the way, the most powerful card in Unhinged by quite a bit. It is a really, really powerful card. But it is a powerful card if you know how to maximize its use. So this card, the reason we push the power level is, well, to be really, really broken, you have to be super masterful at magic. And the idea is, well... If you're really good at magic, okay, this is a really powerful card. Um, uh, he also happens to be legendary, so uh, you can do some fun shenanigans in, um, in EDH, although it's a mono-blue deck, obviously. Rock, next card, Rocket Power Turbo Slug. Three and a red for a 3-1 with Super Haste. What Super Haste means is you can play at the turn you have. You can play at the turn you want for free. You don't have to pay anything. Uh, and it can attack right away because it has Super Haste. Um, but on the next turn... If you, can, if you do not pay its upkeep, you die. You lose the game. Uh, you lose the game? I think you lose the game. Um, so this is the card that the patch in Future Sight was based off of. Um, uh, so what happened was I made this card, and then during... Actually, not during Future Sight, but during Planar Chaos, um, Paul, uh, a guy named Paul from R&D, um, came up with... He took Rocket Turbo Slug and made it into a whole cycle. And I said, I like it, that's cool, but we should save it for Future Sight, because really this is about... I get a borrow from the future, so it meant more sight, made more sense in Future Sight. So we push it off to Future Sight. The flavor text, by the way, is all scrambled letters because there's a little at the bottom. There's a little snail, a little rocket-powered turbo slug, sorry, a slug, uh, who's zooming by and he's messing up the um, flavor text, which is scattered to the all over the card. If you figure out, if you get all the letters and they're all there, you can piece together the message. Uh, and the message you piece it all together. I'm paraphrasing. It's something like. Did you really go through all the bother to figure out this message? So, 
That's the guy. I love having jokes that the, the player has to work a little bit. Because uh, there are people who are like, oh, does this actually have a piece of flavor text? And when you figure it out, it does. Next, Rod of Spanking. Uh, Rod of Spanking is an artifact that costs one. From two and tap, it does one damage to target player. And then you get to untap it unless they say, uh, thank you, sir, may I have another? Um, this is a joke on, uh, have you ever seen, uh, it, it's a fraternity thing. Um, uh, I think in Animal House, the movie Animal House, you see this, where uh, as part of pledging, they paddle you, and then you have to, add, you have to say, thank you, sir, may I have another? Um, so anyway, Rod of Spanking is a little nod for that. And the idea here is, uh, I get to do this unless I make you say something. And obviously there are cards that can, like censorship, or there's things, or, or um, you could also play it with... Um, uh, Order of the Sacred Word, not Order of the Sacred Word. The, the green card that gets plus two plus three whenever you say the word. Um, anyway, there's things that care about words, so you can combo that with that word and, and make them say the word, or else suffer the penalty. Next is snot, S period, N period, O period, T period. Uh, it's green for a star, star, star squared, star squared, and then when it comes into play, you can attach it to other snots and. Its uh, star is whatever the number of creatures it's attached to. So if you place not by itself, it's a 1-1 creature. Uh, if you have two of them attached together, it's 4-4, 9-9, 16-16. Four, four, nine, nine, if you start doing clones and things, you can get even bigger. Um, and the art is done in such a way that uh, it bleeds to the edge that if you stick them next to each other, they, it's continuous. Um, this, me- this card actually, actually inspired an entire mechanic in the game Duel Master, by the way. So if you play Duel Master, you like snot. Duel Master just... Uh, we do this in Silver Border. They do this in their main game. Uh, Duel Master is a little sillier than Magic. Uh, I mean, in its Black Border version. Uh, uh, another very common question is, um, what does Snot stand for? I've never said. Uh, in my mind, it does stand for something, but that's a, I'm going to leave it to you to pick what you want it to stand for. Next is Saute. One red red. It's an instant. It deals three and a half damage to target player. Um... So one of the interesting things about this card, I, I'll say this. We were going to do a card that made a joke referencing uh, an internet meme, um, but we, and we, we got permission and did art based on it, and then the last minute, the people we'd asked had a change of, change of heart and said they didn't want us to do it. And so we had to do completely new art, uh, and it ended up being saute which was, uh, it's uh, a bunch of little beebles in a saute, uh, saute pan. Um, also, we have a, uh, this, this flavor text quotes the Underworld cookbook and the super, super long name of, of the person who, who uh, the, the cook, who I've since been told is female. I did not know that until I, I made a joke on my blog. Next is Save Life, instant for 1W. Um, it's the part of the cycle. If you say save or life, target player gains 2NF life or prevent the next 2NF damage. It's a, obviously take off on healing salve except that it is a gotcha. So it's basically healing staff for slightly less, two and a half rather than three. But if your opponent says save or life, you get it back. And li- life is a pretty easy one to get people to say. Um, on the card, by the way, that is... Did anyone know who the, who the lifeguard on the card is? It is Sisse, for those that are unaware. Yes, that is Sisse as the lifeguard. Okay, next, Shoe Tree. Shoe Tree is four and a green for a three-three creature. Shoe Tree comes into play with up to two shoe counters... Use your shoes as counters. And it gets plus one, plus one for every shoe counter. Um, so the idea here is, when it comes in play, you're required to put your shoes on it, or shoes you brought, um, and then it gets plus two, plus two. So really, it's a five-five creature. Um, so one of the things that's funny about this card is that if I have a second one, 
well, I need shoes for the second one. So the idea is, unless they've brought extra shoes, and well-versed, unhinged players will bring extra shoes, um, this restricts how many you can have and play at one time. Uh, it also is the second unset to make you remove clothing, although last time we inadvertently made you remove your pants, this time shoes, so we're working our way <laughs> a little, little better. Um, the uh, Herloon Wrangler was a car that had denim walking unglued, and I, not my intention for people to move their pants, but apparently they did. Um, so this time I, I thought I'd go a little tamer. Probably the lesson to me moving forward should be don't have people remove any hours of clothing. Uh, shoe removal I, I, I did have its, its downside. Okay, next is Side to Side. This is part of the mini cycle where you play a, a, a non-magic mini game. Side to Side is two and a green. You and target player arm wrestle, and then we, uh, and if you win, you put a 3-3 three, three ape token into play. So this is interesting. Uh, I'm not a big man. Uh, I had never, ever won a uh, arm wrestling. Uh, I mean, I've lost every time I've ever, I've ever had played against me, but... Uh, somebody brought a, um, I was gunslinging, I was spellslinging at Worlds, and so they, uh, they brought two decks, uh, they wanted me to play a deck that they had brought, and that's very common, people will have me play a deck. So I said, okay, and then his friend, by the way, was playing next to me, and it turned out the whole shtick of what they were doing was they were playing an ass-whooping deck to, to take me out. And so his, uh, his friend was playing the person sitting next to me, the other R&D person, uh, and was just taking out all my cards so that I was having trouble winning because all my cards were being destroyed by the person sitting next to me. Um, and at one point, we had an arm wrestle over a staying power, uh, and I won, or side-by-side, by, side by side, and I won, which is like the only time I've ever won. In fact, I think I, I, think I won that game. So even though I, it was 2-1-1 and they were ass-whooping all my stuff, I, I believe I managed to pull that game out because I won the side-by-side. Um, flavor text, by the way, is very funny because this is a good example where, um, there's a lot going on. So the art showed, um, I think it's Tongarth, yeah, it's Tongarth, uh, in a gym with Squee, like, being the towel boy. And so the flavor text had to make fun of all these weird things. It's called side to side, there's arm wrestling, there's a 3 3 ape token, what's going on? So the flavor text says, um... So by the way, I, I'm, I'm parked. I just got to my parking lot, so I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly finish this up because I my goal is to make this last no more than um, th- uh, five podcasts. So I'm gonna do a few more, uh, and then we will call it a day. Um, the flavor text is his friends at the gym never. Um, hold on, I got it right here. His friends at the gym never knew uh, Garen's secret shame. For years, he had tried to walk away from professional arm wrestling, but hey, free monkeys. Anyway, uh, that entertained me of, of trying to tie it all together about arm wrestling and monkeys. and uh, Also, in, in Magic, uh, all monkeys are apes. Okay, next. Sixty Beast. 3R uh, for Beast. As a Sixty Beast comes into play, you secretly put six or fewer plus one counters on it. Then the opponent guesses the number of counters. If that player guesses right, sacrifice Sixty Beast. So the idea is that I can make this a 6-6, six, six, a 5-5, five, five, a 4-4, four, four, a 3-3, three, three, a 2-2, two, two, or a 1-1. One, one. If I... Whatever I choose, if my opponent correctly guesses what I do, I lose the creature. So this is a bluffing game. It's like, do I want to get a 6-6? Six, six? If I go for 6-6, six, six, will they get 6-6 six, six and I lose it? Should I do a 5-5 five, because five? maybe they'll assume it's a 6-6? Six, six? Or maybe they'll assume I'm doing a 5-5. Five, five. Maybe I do a 4-4. Four, four. Anyway, this card's a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun mental games, and uh, I've had a blast with the card. I'm very, very good with this card. I, I get this thing out a lot. Next, Smartass. Uh, two and a blue for two and a half, one. Whenever Smartass attacks, you name a card. Defending player may reveal his or her hand and show you that named card. It show you that the named card isn't there. If that player doesn't, Smartass is unblockable. So essentially, if I can correctly name something in your hand, I'm unblockable. 
Um, this being an, uh, a donkey folk and having half, you know, two and a half, both those things keep it being silver bordered. But the actual ability on the card could be black bordered. Um, we are just trying to play into smart ass. Once again, this is part of the, uh, the ass cycle that I'll have names where I'm playing up puns with ass. Uh, this is smart ass. So, like, there's dumb ass and fat ass and cheap ass and bad ass. This is the final in the cycle. Um, and this also has the effect where you're, the, the, the text box looks like you're looking through a, um, cause he's looking through a, a telescope. So it looks like looking through a telescope. Okay. Um, how many, how many do I have left here? Okay, I'm going to uh, quickly finish off a few more. Just I want to make sure the next time that we have enough that I finish. Uh, next, we have Spell Counter. Uh, two UU instant counter target spell. Gotcha. Oh, this is the blue version of the cycle. We say spell or counter. Um, so let's see. Uh, the white one was save life. The blue one was spell counter. The black one was kill destroy. The red one was deal damage. And the green one was creature guy. So that's a full cycle. Uh, those are all gotcha if you save their name and you get them back. Next, Standing Army. Two white-white for two-four. As long as you're standing, Standing Army has vigilance. So this is another card that makes you sort of do something. The interesting thing about this card is, in order for vigilance to matter, it only matters when you attack. So really all you need to do is stand up before you declare your attack. Um, But some people with Standing Army just continuously stand. Um, I like the name. This is one of those names that really could be a black border name, but it was such a perfect name here, we used it. Um, I, I try normally to get names I don't think we'll use in black border, but this is one that... I know, it was just too perfect, so I, I had, to, had to keep it. Okay, two more cards, then I'm going to end for today. What are we doing on time? Oh, okay, not too bad. Um, staying Powers, Enchantment, two and a white. As long as Staying Powers in play until end of turn, and this turn effect don't end. This is a card I tried to do in Black Border. Um, I was told it just did not work in the rules. Uh, the idea is just effects that would be temporary aren't. Um, this is a very popular card uh, from Unhinged, and it does lots of cool things. You can build neat decks around it. Finally, Stone Cone Basilisk, four and a green for a two and a half five. When Stone Cone Basilisk um, blocks or becomes blocked by a creature with fewer letters in its name, destroy that creature. So it destroys anything with a smaller name than it. Um, whenever an opponent uh, reads Stone Cone Basilisk, that player is turned to stone until end of turn. Stone players cannot attack, block, or play spells. So this is a card. The real stick of this card, I mean, it has uh, a Basilisk-like ability. Um, the real fun of this card is, if, when the turn your turn reads it, they turn to stone and it can't do anything. Um, and so there's fun ways to use this card. The card is actually done, so it's hard to read to make your opponent want to pick it up. So across the table, they can't quite see it and they got to look at it. Um, there's lots of fun things also in the art. One of my favorite things about the art, if you look at it, is everybody in the art is turned to stone, uh, except the guy who, who's using the stone called Basco's. Except, if you look in the background, there's two guys who are unaffected because they're playing under a table because they're obviously doing Enter the Dungeon. So I like doing that kind of in-jokes. Uh, and if you look in the art, there's a lot of little jokes that are self-referencing other cards. So anyway, uh, I am now at work, and I'm parking. So let me... Uh, I have one more podcast, and I will finish. I promise I will keep this to a five-podcast um, series. Hopefully, hopefully, I know the unsets are not for everybody, but there's a lot of fun things here. So hopefully you guys are enjoying the, uh, the uh, unhinged um, walkthrough. Anyway, I am now parked. I've been parked for a while, but I am parked... So it's time for me to be making magic. Talk to you guys next time.